0: Welcome to the very first episode of Trust in the Drive podcast. We are excited today to have our guest, uh, Corey Wilson, who is a current uh, employee at Ilderton Dodge. And we're going to talk about a couple of things. Uh, We're going to go through some stuff in the automotive industry. We're going to get some exciting news and updates on the last call chargers and some of the electrified Jeeps. We're going to also go through some great things that are going on in our local community of High Point with a food truck that drives around and serves a lot of amazing people. And we're also going to get to know Corey firsthand about what she does at the dealership and what her journey was going through uh, getting hired and being here three years later, working at a, as, as a top executive at our company. And we're so excited to have y'all on our very first episode, Trust in the Drive. Here we go. uh you know this amazing guest with me corey wilson and, and I I really want to dedicate this episode to our our sponsor Hope City Food Truck and you'll learn more about them. Uh me and Corey got to spend some time with them uh you know throughout the years of our careers and yeah, they're I a great love company. Hope City so much they're so amazing and the food is so delicious. They got some good food. They really do. Yeah. Um but here on Trust in the Drive we have uh you know a great topic we're gonna discuss today and that's gonna be turnover in the uh, automotive industry and a little bit about you know backstory with corey is that she uh was probably one of the first people i ever hired you know from start to finish i got her application in i remember and i was able to um you know get her on the cell phone and i was like hey like come on by like, stop." Yep. We did the first st-
1: phone interview, and I think, like, three days later, we scheduled the in-person interview.
0: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Good, good, good. I like to see that. Um, one thing I, I, I really wanted to, to talk about is there was a need for you to be hired. Yeah. And in that time, there was a big leadership change at our company, which caused, you know, a little bit of turnover. And that's, like, a big thing that will that'll trigger it when, like, a top-level executive, like a GM, or like a service manager goes and works for another dealership or does another career path, some people may follow,
1: yeah.
0: other people, you know, leave because they don't feel like um, the person they've been working for is is going to be there anymore to like to yeah. help take care of them. So I had uh, an advantage of uh, finally hiring some people as soon as that leadership left our company. I remember back in what was the year? Do you 2020. Remember? Yeah. It was 2020, in 2020? Yeah. It was like the beginning of 2020.
1: Yep. Because I think we did the interviews in January and my official start date was February 3rd.
0: One thing I, uh, I know, like when we talk about leadership mm-hmm. and like top level executives, um, you know, you think of they're supposed to take care of the company. And just because they've made the company profitable or like made the company like. And the different divisions that they've worked for profitable doesn't mean that they're exactly like a good leader. Exactly. So anyway, so one of these things that I transitioned to is as I became like a middle manager when I first was able to hire you. And that was like a learning curve in myself. So I sit down with Corey and I start asking her questions. I think (laughs) I asked you where would you go to school and a little bit about your background and uh, your personality immediately just jumped off the page (laughs) and into my mind.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, uh. I had a need, um, because we had such a demand for the business that we were in with some of the transit vans and big yeah. commercial vehicles that we were selling. And I couldn't keep up with the keys. <laughs> I couldn't keep up with the titles. DMV work. The DMV <laughs> Everything <work>. out. <laughs> yeah. What else? What else? We had, we had uh. It was the, the crazy
1: incoming inventory.
0: Incoming of dead batteries. Oh my gosh. Just dead batteries. Remember that? Um. What was your? I uh, oh, actually hired you through a temp agency. Yeah, Apple One. Apple One, shout out Apple One. Yeah, so uh, that
1: was good. I liked them as a temp agency. They were pretty great, and it, the whole process of like moving in with you guys was really smooth as far as temp agencies goes. Because I've worked for previous temp agencies where it was a lot harder. Yeah. So just the beginning stages of coming into Elderton was really smooth. Getting in.
0: So you're so you're like this college graduate, and you're going and working for a temp agency, and you're um, looking for a career path. And what was the entry level pay that apple one was was gonna pay you? I think it was like fourteen fifty wow, wow, yeah, it was and, a lot more than I was previously getting paid, so and that that like shocks me just for the amount of talent that I saw yeah. like right out so so like when I first met you, and you know I did have this like you know like okay, I wanna you know push to hire this person, yeah. you know what I mean, like but I didn't. Necessarily know what I was doing because I was still like early in my middle management career. So yeah. I signed this agreement with Apple One to to move forward with you, and I think we paid some, um, you know, we paid them some fee or whatever. Yeah. But that was when uh, that was when we started working together. So what did you feel like on your first day? Oh, my
1: first day it was pretty hectic only because it was the end of the month like it was the first day of the end of the month week
0: the end of the month so mm. it was a, it was a...
1: hard training that first week just because the focus was not necessarily training it was kind of closing out the month of January so it was like I kind of had to get around and it's a very emotional time during end of the month for a lot of people
0: you know it, it honestly it controls probably some of the um the mindset I have, whether <laughs> you know, it's either how spiritual I'm going to be, or how happy I'm going to be, or how sad I'm going to be. <laughs> Depends on what all you got to get done during that time frame. That's right. That's right. Uh, it's like there's only one timeline for a car dealer, yeah. and that's uh, the end of the month.
1: It's, yeah, got to get everything closed out and finished for the end. Of, that's the most important time of the month <laughs> to get everything done.
0: So, uh, so okay, so you're you're getting hired during a hectic time, and kind of the environment you're walking into on the first day, What's um, what do you remember?
1: Um, I remember everybody was super friendly, like the people who didn't really have to deal with end of the month, but the kind of upper management, like middle management sort of, it was a little harder to get some education from them only because the primary focus was end of the month at the time. But, I mean, outside of that first week, everybody was really great. I remember specifically walking around with you, I think on like the second or third day, and I told you how previously other jobs, Most of the managers didn't know everybody's names. Right. And I love the fact that you went around and everybody knew your name and you knew everybody's name and y'all had like a good rapport with each other. So I'm like, okay, that means that the management is not like, you know, here and kind of big headed. That means you understand and you conversate and you converse with your employees, really. Like you get to know them and get to understand them so they can be a good working relationship. So that's yeah. what I really like. And I think that was like the main reason I went home and told my mom. I was like, mom, I like it here. I like it. Like they actually are going to pay attention to their employees.
0: That's the type of management I want to be under. And that's what is so amazing about how, uh, you know, if you start like at the uh, at the bottom or if you start in a certain department and you work your way up, I, I think yeah. you can grow a good relationship with your coworkers. Yes. One of the big things is uh I wanted to point out is there's no like local class at the community college that I, that I have like car dealer local family car dealership 101 is not a is not a class offered at you know the the community college and so a lot of people that I noticed when they get hired at the dealership is they haven't ever worked at a dealership before they've worked in another industry and there's a huge learning curve.
1: Yeah, I worked in healthcare before I came over here, so
0: yeah, <laughs> it was completely different. Did you know what a VIN number was before you before you worked at a dealership? No,
1: I didn't even know where to find the
0: VIN number on my car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a huge deal. That's like that's like how our life revolves yeah, around. Yeah,
1: and, like, and then I learned new things. Like now I can go up to anybody's car and tell you what the year <laughs> is at least because before I was like I don't even know how you identify the car that's outside so cool. of asking.
0: <laughs> So did you did you enjoy your on-site training that you were getting?
1: It wasn't bad. I think, of course, you know, we discussed this previously, that things could have been done a little bit differently only because it was just so hectic coming in and everybody wasn't fully prepared for me to come in. Mm. But I think that as we progressed, the training got a lot easier and it got a lot smoother. It just wasn't the best in the beginning. It was a little rocky, but we made it through, and I learned a lot. I'm a fast learner and I did have some good teachers when everybody was
0: available to teach. You know, I think the fast-paced lifestyle of a dealership can can really throw a middle manager off or a hiring manager off because of the different timelines whether it be the end of the month or yeah. a customer shows up and wants to buy something or um you know and then all of a sudden a new hire shows up and you're the man that's supposed to or you're the woman that's supposed to like you know, have this workstation ready for this new hire, and you're supposed to have, like, this schedule, like, for yeah. them to train. And I was throwing a huge curveball when that happened. I, yeah. I, I didn't really know what I was doing when I hired you.
1: Because I think my first day I didn't have a computer.
0: <laughs> you didn't even have a computer. I was like, hey, welcome to Alderton.
1: It was you just a blank desk.
0: <laughs> you just want to hang out? Like, these are the cars. Good look like at these cool cars, you know?
1: That was. I think we, it took about a week to get the computer in and the CPU yeah. and everything. But it was nice. The good news is, is, like, we had all the websites set up for me to log in. I Here we just go. Didn't have a hey, the logins
0: ready. Here we go. Yeah.
1: I think I use your laptop Sweet. for the first couple of days. <laughs> I love it.
0: See, and that's thinking on the on the spot right there. Yeah. We were yeah. we were gonna make it happen. We were gonna we were gonna develop no matter what. And I was, I definitely had that mindset going into it. It's like I wanted to give it my all. Like I did not want this person to fail. Yeah. Um, And I do take I think I take it a little personally if somebody, you know, quits at the dealership or goes and works somewhere else and they were hired by me. I I like truly think I failed that person because I didn't. um, But I've been I've been told by other, you know, executives that that's that's not always the case. But uh, I I do want people to succeed. And, you know, you have brought in uh, a lot of success to the dealership which has in turn made me look, you know, like I did the right thing by hiring you. Um, did you ever think that you would work in a dealership growing up or did you have no, any... No,
1: no. So I I never thought I'd work in a dealership and I never thought I would be where I'm at in a dealership at this point. Because when I first got hired here, I was, of course, like wanting to do more and go further and, of course, go higher as I could. But I never saw myself in the finance manager position. Like that wasn't in my line of sight at the
0: time. What do you currently doing at the dealership like today?
1: Basically, my role is just to figure out the best bank based on your credit score and your credit history for you to go with. And then between those banks that I think are a good option, figure out what's going to be the best interest rate for you in a payment that you're comfortable with.
0: Okay. So like I'm coming in, I'm like, I want the new charger. It's the uh, red one. And I uh, I know what I can spend. I think I know what I can spend because I did some research online And then the car salesperson says, Here's the one we have. Do you want to do it? Do you want to go? Do you want to move forward with the purchase? And then the next step is what? Go to you?
1: So, no, the next step is technically the car salesperson gets all of your information. Okay. Then they either bring it to me or our other finance manager, and we get it submitted into the DMS system. We go through, and we submit it only to banks that we think are going to give you an approval or at least a conditionally approved deal. Yeah, yeah, This way, we don't want you to get any declines. We're trying to really, because the whole point of this job is that we're supposed to know what banks suit what customers. So we're okay. only sending you to banks that we think are going to meet the needs that you are asking for. And then if you don't get approved, then we'll ask you if you need like, would you like to try an additional bank? Would you like to try something else? Like if we try to find ways to make this work for you if we can. So after that's done and then you're comfortable with the interest rate and you're comfortable with the terms and everything, then we start going over to the amazing products that we offer that can cover your vehicle for things like mechanical or electronical repairs or like gap in case you get in a total loss accident or if you're somebody who's not that great of a driver, then complete protection because you hit a lot of potholes or yeah. you happen to hit a lot of sidewalks and things like that. So there's so many great products and the products are the best part of the job to me because it's not literally saves people's lives, but they feel like their lives have been saved because you call in for a repair and it's like, do I have a vehicle service contract? You do, oh my God, I have one. Yeah. And they're so excited and I'm happy to tell you that you have one. Cause all you gotta do is pay hundred dollars for your repair instead of paying $1,700 or $2,100. Yeah. That's a lot easier to come out of pocket than $2,100. And I like hearing that people are so happy that they have these products. So that's yeah. probably my favorite part is just like telling you about the products, you being interested purchasing it and then using it later down the line.
0: So you kind of, um, you like advocate for the customer a little bit. Like yes. when they come in and they're ready to make this big financial decision and then you're going to be like their coach. You're going to yeah. coach them through this financial decision to yes. tell them like, this is what you probably can afford or like, yeah. this is what we want to, hundred yeah. um, percent. you know, we want to offer you just in case something happens, you get in a wreck or. There's all these different add-ons. And uh,
1: I try to give real-life examples from either myself or my friends and family or either from customers who have given me permission to kind of not persuade people but just get you to understand the importance of the product and why it's valuable. Because some people, you listen to some of the crazy TikTokers who tell you don't purchase anything from car dealers and things like that, and they're not really knowledgeable, so they're giving out wrong information. They probably
0: bought from uh, Carvana, and they're still (laughs) waiting on the title, probably.
1: My mother (laughs) bought from Carvana, and we— that was a whole different experience. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a, that's a whole episode. That's like episode 10, 11, and twelve. Right? It took.
1: They bought my brother's car back in December of 2020, and they didn't get the tag and the title for the vehicle because they paid cash for it until June of 2021. There you go. But why did it take so? so long? Yeah.
0: So that brings up a good point too. Like you want to make sure that uh, the, all the paperwork's right because you're going to yes. send it to the bank yes. and you're going to send it to the North Carolina DMV or the mm-hmm. South Carolina DMV or wherever they're going
1: um yeah because we do out-of-state deals and that little well.
0: metal thing that goes on the back of their bumper is important that gives yes. them the authority to drive on our roads yes. so that's got to be straight it, every, um, everything and you do something you, and you also.
1: That? yep i also basically um because we have this cool system that lets us know we're able to check your driver's license number or your vin number to see if you have anything going on with your dmv account and i can let you know before we even get to the dmv process hey there are some things in your account that you should probably get cleared up that will delay your tag work so I'm letting you know ahead of time. Right. Like, hey, this will cause your 30 day tag work to be delayed longer than 30 days because you have this issue going on with your account. Whereas I know that other dealers really don't ever tell their customers that they just kind of like, OK, we're going to go to DMV for you. And boom. And then boom. the customer calls like 45 days later, like, hey, I don't have a tag. And like, oh, you have a fee on your DMV account.
0: They call and they say, I want to speak to Christopher Elderton <laughs> right now. <laughs> I said, I need to talk to him right now.
1: And they get so upset. I just, so it's, I feel like it's just full honesty. I'm telling you yeah. everything that you need to know so that this can be the smoothest car buying process for you. Yeah. Cause we're not the bad guys. We're only here to help you and extend our family love to you.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really it. So you're kind of a big deal now. I mean, <laughs> I think in, so. a way. <laughs> in a I humble
1: so. way. I would say so.
0: I would say so. Well, that's pretty cool. So, so three years finance manager, Elders and Dodge, Chrysler Jeep, mm-hmm. Ram. Um, and you've also uh, been a great friend of mine yeah. throughout the automotive career that I've had. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to say, you know, Corey, thank you so much. Thank uh, you. For, I think
1: you've been my biggest supporter like
0: the entire time. Well, you know, it's nice to have com- like companionship in the workplace. Yeah. And when you have some something that we can like you know, like we kind of grew up together a little bit in the car business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's uh, it's always nice that you're a very trusted advisor for me as far as like the financials go of like yeah. buying cars or knowing what the interest rates are. Which we're gonna get more into that in a yes. little bit. Yes. Um, but I do want to uh, bring up. So me and you talked earlier in the episode about the sponsorship of our first uh, first episode of Trust in the Drive, and that was uh, through Hope City Food Truck. Yeah. Okay. So Hope City Food Trucks, a local High Point uh, food truck and they go around the community and they have this uh, Christian-based background where they feed the community if there's ever an event around town or if they want to um, just help anybody in need that's like dealing with hunger or if they just want to be at the party and people want to come buy food from their amazing yeah. food truck, they're going to show up. Tell me... Um, you were you were there. We did an event with them, a first responders event yes. at the dealership on South Main Street in downtown High Point. And we had uh do you remember that? Do you remember that? Yeah, name? I
1: think it was in maybe June or July. It was definitely summertime because it was really hot outside. And it was during the peak of COVID where everything was really like shut down. Yep. Everybody is still kind of like bunkered into their houses on quarantine. So nobody gets COVID and nobody really considered much of the first responders, doctors and nurses who don't get to be bunkered down, protected in their homes with their friends and family. They're kind of out there at risk being exposed to everything else. So I thought it was really great of you guys to offer that kind of thing to the doctors and nurses. And I thought it was amazing that Hope City Food Truck wanted to participate. The food was amazing. Their customer service was amazing. And it's just watching them interact with people and people interacting with them and then learning more about them was so cool to see.
0: Yeah, so we we sponsored this like first responders deal. So if every anybody from the hospital that wanted to come, or anybody from the fire department, we got a hospital and a fire department and a police department real close by. Uh, they could come by and get a free meal, mm-hmm. and the dealership. What they would do is they they paid for the meal, and then I think we spent about I don't know I don't know what the exact amount was, but we bought a hundred meals. Let's yeah. say for the, the first responders in the community and they, we sold out of food. I just remember that like they <laughs> yeah. the food truck ran out of food and so we couldn't serve any more people, which is like it, like success. Amazing. Oh, you know I mean? amazing. Um and that turned to about 200 meals for another community event elsewhere in our city yeah. that where anyone who wanted to come and get fed didn't have to pay anything. And that and that's what Hope City Food Truck does. Yeah. They they take whatever they get, and they try to multiply it into feeding the the hungry. And they do it, you know, like with a Jesus uh, mindset or yeah. like a Christian mindset. And um, it's ran by Hope City Church, which is a great church out in Wahlberg. And they have a great pastor named Scott Newton. Shout out Scott Newton. He, he does an amazing job. And and the food is amazing.
1: Food is worth standing in line for. Rain or shine, hot or cold, it's yeah. good food. <laughs>
0: Um and that that's gonna uh transition us into our third segment, which is gonna be i I really want this trust in the drive podcast to be automotive based yeah. you know it is we are a local family car dealership that's been around for ninety seven years and we've had uh four generations working there you know being there in the trenches for uh, the good times and the bad times um that's like you know that's the great depression 97 years ago was that was the great depression that's and crazy to think now about it's 2023 that's a that's a long time um, and a lot of change in the automotive industry and we want to update everyone about the changes that are happening and if anyone uh knows this i would be surprised but like jeep dodge chrysler ram Is known as what? It's known as Stellantis. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of weird.
1: Yeah, most people don't know that. People
0: don't know that. You know what I mean? Like when I say Stellantis, like Like when I go to a party, they're like, (laughs) what is Stellantis?
1: Because everybody just kind of considers it as Mopar, but they don't understand that Stellantis is Mopar.
0: Yeah. Mopar
1: falls under Stellantis.
0: Correct. Correct. And I think people in the car business understand. Yeah. So when we say Stellantis, we're talking about all the brands that we represent at the dealership. Mm -hmm. And one of the big brands that we represent is Jeep. Yeah. That's like the most popular one. It seems like everybody yeah. wants the Jeep, and they're they're awesome. And they're, Who doesn't want a Jeep. I know they're beautiful cars, and their big push now is electric. Mm-hmm. They're full like they want to be all electric. They want to put muddy Wranglers in water and driving them through the rivers. Is what we're what we're trying to do now. So it's our job to make sure that we have the you know stock vehicles ready to go, and we're going to educate the customers about them. So what have you been seeing in the finance office lately with electric Jeeps? Like, have you seen a lot of people buying Jeeps lately?
1: So, yes, and there's actually a lot more incentives. I think right now the biggest incentive that we did was there's a $7,500 rebate if you purchase a Jeep Wrangler 4xe.
0: Oh, sweet. So,
1: And a lot of people don't understand that that's really big, and even though you're not getting that cash back, you're going to get it back in your taxes. So a lot of people who are finding that out are coming in to purchase the Wranglers, and because Wranglers are just amazing vehicles in itself. They're quiet.
0: Exactly. They went from a loud vehicle to a quiet vehicle.
1: And you can still go off-roading and do all those fun things if you want to, or you can be a pavement princess like saw, other people. <laughs> I saw
0: this. I saw this post on our Instagram about uh, the owner. Here's Tim Elderton. He's my dad, and he was driving through Emberwood, the neighborhood we live in, um, on a four-by-e, yeah. and, and it was the day it had rained before, so it was a little muddy, you know. And it was uh, it was hilarious. If you please go to our page and check it out. Tim Elderton riding around in an electric Jeep four wheeling uh, in the neighborhood. Um, also, I want to say what's the range expectation for an electric vehicle through Jeep? Um, I and, think
1: right now, I think the max that I had saw was between like 30 to 36 miles electric. I think
0: you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And then,
1: like, if if it's more than that, then I I will come back and correct myself. But I think right now the range is between 30 to 36 miles for electric before you switch over to gas.
0: Yeah. What is – what's your opinion on how long it takes to charge up? Like, have you ever – you ever taken one home yet and try to charge it up at home?
1: Oh uh, no, unfortunately not. But I did see depending on the type of charger that you have, because there's two different chargers. The one that they provide you um, takes a little bit longer, but if you get the one that's installed into your home, that was more of a fast charger, like a supercharger. Like yeah, level that two, one will I charge. I think so. Yeah. So I think that one charges within like two to four hours max. Yeah. And then when you have the one that you actually have to plug in, that takes about maybe like three to four or five hours.
0: Yeah. So when I took a four by home. The, the charger came with the car, the yeah. level one charger, and that was like about an eight hour charge. Oh, and I could okay, just eight. plug it into my, you know, outlet in the yeah. wall and I plugged it into the car and it charged. It was great. It, yeah. it worked out. I mean, I was sleeping, so I didn't really need the car. I think um, that's
1: kind of cool, though. It's like you plug in your phone. Yeah. You go like to like bed. My
0: phone. yeah same thing. Yep. Um, and then I don't live far from where I work. So yeah. I was able to commute to my house uh, and back and forth and work and you know pick up the kids from school. And I didn't have to use any gas, so I the the 35 miles of range or the 40 miles of range worked for my lifestyle.
1: Yeah, and, and definitely when if you live close to work or you know you don't travel as much with that vehicle, electric vehicles do make sense because you won't have to focus on gas as much. You'll be able to run everything off of that electric power.
0: Yeah. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna switch to internal combustion engines. We're talking about HEMIS here.
1: Yeah, we're talking
0: about <laughs> 5.7 liter HEMIS, 6.2 liter HEMIS. 6.4 liter engines, big loud engines. That is what Dodge has been known for. Yeah. Forever. Um Not anymore. <laughs> there's the last call
1: era. Yes. Is
0: right now, we're in the thick of it.
1: 100%. The fact that a lot of people don't know that as of right now, all of the vehicles for 2023 that for the Dodge Challengers and Chargers they are already being allocated out to the dealership. So you really yeah. can't go and order anymore. Yeah. If we don't have it, then the next dealer may not have it. It's just so hard to get them now because this is the last call. So if you're looking for those vehicles, definitely search, do heavy research to find a dealership that has them. But next year they won't be available.
0: Yeah, they're not going to be available for very much longer from what I understand. They're switching over
1: to electric. They're, gonna be they're electric switching charging. over to that hurricane, um, hurricane engine.
0: Yeah, so the hurricane engine, that's another interesting topic because that's a V six twin turbo engine mm-hmm. and it does have a lot of horsepower. So I don't think it's gonna lose a lot of like street cred. The yeah. Charger and Challenger is still gonna have like that yeah. uh performance there. But as far as the, you know, Hemi, like that's the famous name is yeah, no everybody more wants Hemi. a Hemi. No more yeah. Hemi. No and a lot of people me.
1: think it's not just the muscle cars either. It's also the Jeep Grand Cherokee and the Wagoneer that will no longer have the V8. Correct. And then for the Chryslers, the 300C will no longer have that either. So you have to think about all these things. If you're interested in having that Hemi, then this is the year. This is the time to go ahead and find a dealer and get it. Yeah. Because you will not be able to get it in 2024. Yeah. This is the last year.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be cool to see those uh Those customers come in the door, and I'm hoping that those customers will be, you know, local residents because um, my wish is to see this car, you know, from start, you know, from 10 years from now while we take care of it, you know, at our service department. I really want to have that relationship with that customer. I want to know, like, what's going on with the vehicle. The worst thing that I think a dealer could do is to sell a car out of state. Yeah. because they're, they're going to lose that relationship with that customer mm-hmm. and they're never going to see them again. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, I want to be the one that changes your oil. I want to be the one that gives you a good multi-point inspection when you come to our beautiful service drive, you know. Uh, so that's me being a little selfish, though. So, so, <laughs> but um, as a finance manager, if someone was to come buy one of these last call chargers mm-hmm. or these electric Jeeps, What's the interest rates looking like? I mean, I turn on the news right now and everybody's like, interest rates, interest rates are eggs and like everything's so expensive. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, you know, like, eggs are
1: high, but the interest rates are not as high as eggs. (laughs) So, with interest rates. Can I
0: trade in my dozen of eggs no. for an electric vehicle. <laughs> no. Is that, I can't do that.
1: Unfortunately, right? the value is not the same. Okay. No, it wouldn't okay. work. Okay, But interest rates, they're not as low as we would like them to be, but they're coming down. And then the thing I would like to really say is that with the mom and pop dealerships, the smaller dealerships that are not franchised. The interest rates that they get from the bank are set interest rates. Those cannot change. Okay. The good thing about us is because we have Stellantis as a bank, because we have Chrysler as a bank, and we're a franchise dealer, we have incentivized rates. We can do as low as 0% based off of your credit. We can do as low as 1.9, 2.9, 3.9, and 4.9. It's just when you have that opportunity of being a franchise dealer and you have all these cars and you have these banks, you're able to get the incentivized rates a little bit better than versus a mom-and-pop dealership down the street. So if so-and-so gets the same deal as us and you go through Chrysler, Chrysler's gonna give you probably an eight or 9% interest rate. Where, because we're a franchise dealer, and they look at your credit, they're going to say, oh, OK, well, you are qualified for that 1.9% interest rate.
0: So, the so banks, it's a big difference. The banks are more aggressive towards the buyers that come to a, like a, a franchise, like a franchise yeah. local mm-hmm. family dealership like Elderton Dodge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good to know, because I know it can save you a lot of money over the long run. Like it really can. These cars are you know expensive and we want um, we want them to be affordable. This may be a, a shocker to some people, but the average, do you know what the average car payment was like four years ago?
1: Um, no, but I think, I hope, at least in my world, it was $200, $300.
0: $200, $300. So, <laughs> Not that now. <laughs> so the average car payment four years ago was $650. Wow. Yeah. So now the average car payment is about $950. Yes. So I, yeah,
1: I can attest to that 100%. It just
0: jumped up a lot yeah so um so anyways you're gonna advocate for the buyer you're gonna look out for him Corey wilson is here she's ready to help you out always the local dealer and service director christopher elderton right here is ready to help you out too um and guys that's a that's a that's our first episode we are so excited and we are so appreciative of you tuning in to us and we look forward to giving you some more background some more history some more jokes and maybe um one day I will be able to, you know, trade in a dozen eggs to get <laughs> the uh, last call charger.
1: If that's the case, I'm going to trade in like a million eggs so I can get a Wrangler. <laughs> so. nah. but,
0: but yeah, but we're, um, we're excited to have, uh, to, you know, to bring you more automotive news in the future. And thanks again for joining us. We appreciate y'all.